It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. A fish tank edition, believe in the process. I am your host, Andrew the Fish Vane. As always, I am joined by the voice of reason, producer Mark. Producer Mark, how are you? Feeling a little sad, but still reasonable. I figured as much. I, I was a little concerned about you. I didn't want to see oh. that uh, anything bad happen after yesterday. Bottom line's a football game. Yeah, it's it, just it, a game. It, it really is. That's a very good point. I ate. Good. You good. know, I got, got over a friend's place and had to deal with a couple obnoxious ones. But, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. It happens. Uh, it, you know what the worst thing to have happen at a, a Super Bowl party is? This is the worst thing to have happen. When you have a couple of people there who are saying things like, oh, they're down two. They should go for two. And, oh, I don't know about that call. Oh, he should have caught that ball when he was double teamed and trying to jump in the air with two other sets saying, oh, my God, Fish. Making the general statement oh, that people are stupid. Oh, jeez. Which is sadly something that, that we already oh, knew. Oh, here's the good By the way, all you Kansas City Chiefs fans, apparently, uh, according to some people at this party, Harrison Butker's a terrible kicker. Yeah. Uh-huh. He only, he, he only, he only <laughs> not only won the Super Bowl, but won the AFC the week, the two weeks prior. Oh, so. God. It was hell. Lord have mercy. Thank God I had a steak on the plate. That's all I'm going to say. There you go. And we, of course, are broadcasting live from the PSBRlaw.com studios. Over $3.5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last decade for their clients. A success rate, 99%. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice. 702-830-9353. Once again, 702 area code 830-9353. com. That's Panache, Boyle, and... Yeah, Rabapoodie. Yeah. Fly Eagles, Fly Chiefs suck. <laughs> well, now you feel my pain about the Chiefs as well. No, <laughs> look, look, we all knew that was going to be a great game going in, and boy, it... It, it lived Eagles, up to the hype. 113 yeah. million people watched it. And 
and the the Eagles honestly only have themselves to blame for losing that game. They, you know, the fumble by Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I was going to say was, they they kept saying that he was responsible for four touchdowns. He was really responsible for five touchdowns. <laughs> cost was probably at least a ten point swing at that point. Then you had the punt, re- the, that terrible punt, and coverage. That honestly, if Kansas City would have had to go down the field, that was the four or five minutes they had left. Absolutely. So you know you can't, and on and the whole thing about the call, I, we might get into that. I'll let you. I'll let you we, lead we, that discussion. We will. We will get into it because it, it is the you, dominant story in in sports today. You you, you might be surprised at my reaction to it. Well, it, it, it's very reminiscent of what happened at the end of the Bengals-Chiefs game that we discussed, which is people saying that you can't make that call at the end of the game, and you said two weeks ago, or maybe it was last week you said it, I think it was two weeks ago, you absolutely can make that call at the end of the game, and you have to. That one, that one was flagrant. Well, this one, not so This one much. wasn't as flagrant, but when the cornerback who committed the penalty himself has the cojones to come out and say, and my hat's off to him for doing it, you're saying, yeah, I actually held, I was hoping to get away with it. Yeah. And, you know, it, there's there's two sides to this. Is Number one, yes, he did it. But I got but I, but I think part of the problem is that everybody's looking at the replays, and I, didn't, I couldn't see it. Every replay I saw, I could not see him grabbing the jersey. There's, yes, if the referee saw him do it, it's a penalty, and... As much as it sucks, it's a penalty, and he throws the flag. But there are there are times, like for example, in volleyball, I'll give you I'll give you one here. It used to be that if you brushed the net, like if your jersey caught the net, you know, or or your fingernail may have nicked the bottom as you were swinging around, or something like that, whistle is automatically blown. They changed that. Because if it didn't, if it wasn't flagrant, if it wasn't something that you know caused an interference in the play or anything like that, right? You because you know people got tired of you know like something stupid like a jersey swinging around, you know there, something there, that was uncontrollable. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, you know, something minor like that that didn't really do anything or obstruct. You know, just swallow the whistle. We don't need to stop the game and cost somebody a point on that. Uh, so, so that's the question is. <laughs> If I if just for me personally, if I couldn't see it like that, you know, is it really could could you swallow the whistle with two minutes left to go in the Super Bowl? Probably. But was it a penalty? Yes. It was one of those things that I think if they make the call, it's the right call. If they don't make the call, it's the right way to go and letting it go as well. The dumbest argument I heard people say was, Well, it was an uncatchable pass. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that doesn't matter. It, because, that. It's because, not, it right. wasn't pass interference. It, exactly. It was if it's pass interference, then it matters. But when the and the referee said prior to the pass, mm-hmm. defense, so it didn't matter where the pass went. Right. Yeah. It was. It was holding. So, yeah. And so, it, so it, anybody anybody that said that is a moron. Because exactly. You don't know what you're talking about, quite frankly, because you, you know, you, you're you're talking two different penalties. Now, if it was down the field and. You know that's that's different than that. Then you can get away with not calling that pass interference. But it is it is. Know, uh, I will say uh, what, what I will say. It is very unfortunate to have a and the game wasn't decided on that nope. play. But it it was a a 
a, a very large factor in the in the outcome of the game. Well, once again, it's it's one of those things, and I've said this before when I coached. That first play is just as important as the last one, and you know the Eagles. The second half defense couldn't stop them. And you know it's funny. It's it's the thing that you and I discussed all year long, and it, it seemed at some point that it had been fixed. That Sirianni at halftime had because remember at the beginning of the year they had they'd several times they had huge leads going into halftime, and then the other team would come storming back and the Eagles would pull out the win. Now I will give Andy as painful it is as I will give Andy Reid some credit because they used that time very wisely and they they used the Eagles' aggressiveness against them a couple of times. Those two plays in the end zone, I'm sitting there ripping my head out and then I'm watching the replay. I'm like. Both times they pulled the linebacker in, you know, looking like a run pass option, and wide receiver just cut right back out, and there was no hope if he bit. And both times they bit. And I will so. also say this: it as ridiculous as it may sound, because they lost. I think it was more egregious that they gave Mahomes the MVP over Jalen Hurts. That may have been one of the best Super Bowl performances by a quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah, but he also gave. See, once again, there's a recency bias in the game. He fumbled untouched and gave the team a touchdown that ended up costing them the game. I mean, just imagine if the score would have been 28-28 and that happens. Would you still be saying saying Jalen Hurts was MVP? No, because it happened early in the game. Fair enough. I mean, I give him credit for bouncing back and doing what he did, you know, but then they staggered a little bit in the second half. But, yeah, I, I... Pat Mahomes was the one that that ripped them apart in the second half, and taking you know, off—I I, I agree, you deserved it. Taking off your fan goggles for one moment here was this a once in a and I don't want to say lifetime, that's too big, but once in a a long time season by the Eagles, or is this a season that you see as repeatable? Oh, it's repeatable. They—they—they uh, they, they are going to have a chance to. They're going to have to resign a couple guys that you know they. Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey are guys that I think were may have been planned to hang it up after the season was over, quite honestly. So they're going to have to convince them to come back. And they got a few free agents, but they may be able to replace him in the draft. And by the way, Miles Sanders, who is probably my least favorite Eagle, you know, talk and talk and talk, and for a couple of years now, where was he? February 13th or thereabouts, 2024. Do we have a better chance of talking about the Super Bowl that just had the Eagles or the Super Bowl that just had the Chiefs? Mm, I, I'm not going to be surprised if either of them get back. I think I think the Eagles are in a much better position. Right, uh, and, that, and that's what I was trying to find out. Do you think who, who has the better shot at going back? Because you're absolutely right. There is no question in my mind that if it is Chiefs-Eagles, all things being equal, obviously, if it's Chiefs-Eagles again next year, it's not going to be a shock. No, I I'm still leaning Bengals next year. I think, I think they're they're really close. And you know, once again, you know, a, a stupid play at the end of the game, and we may not be talking about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It would have been Philly Cincinnati. Yeah, and that would so, have been, that, and that would have been a hell of a Super Bowl too. Yeah. So the road in the NFC with elite teams is much much more difficult. In now, the I, NFC, I, it's the di- NFC, the, to me, the Eagles are heads and shoulders above everybody. So the AFC, it's much more difficult. Oh yeah, absolutely. You just said the NFC. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, AFC is much more difficult. It's going to be, you know, you've got three, you know, the top three teams plus. I think you're going to see a couple more maybe emerge, and it's going to be a war next year over yeah, there. Yeah, I, I think the team 
that's just under those three that you have to wonder about is Baltimore. Because Baltimore, depending mm. on what happens this offseason, Baltimore could vault themselves closer to that top three or fall way down. It, they're the one, that's, to me, that's teetering. I'm not I'm, – I'm bigger on Pittsburgh in the division than I am Baltimore. I like I, – I think Pittsburgh is not that far off. You know, they had to really make some adjustments this year, new quarterback – you know, change some players, change a few guys out. They, they did a great job. They've, they've got to be feeling good coming in next year. I really, and, you know, I, and, and Lamar Jackson, stay or go, you know, can he stay healthy? I don't know. So and, we'll and, I, and you're right. Cause in the NFC, the only team I still see giving the, the Eagles even a run for their money is the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if uh, Trey's healthy, they'll, they'll be all right. So, um, because the Rams, uh, you know, I, I they can bounce back to a certain extent, but I don't see them going back to being the level they were two years ago. I mean, the South is is junk. Yep, Detroit will be Better. in the mix. Can Minnesota fix the defense? Can Packers Green Bay? Have, can the, Green Bay fix anything? <laughs> if, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, they're well. Well, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say they're dead because we don't know what Jordan Love has. Right. So I'm not going to say they're dead in the water. Dallas, you know, is a is a coach firing and a new quarterback away? I'm sorry, did I say that a lot? I, I, I would be more afraid of the Giants in the East than I am of the Cowboys. They're getting there. They've got, but they've got some. They've got a, a bunch of holes on defense, and they've got a, some tough decisions to make coming up. Oh, absolutely! It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they are going to be able to to hold in there. And and they, I mean, they still have to decide on whether Daniel Jones is the guy. I right, mean, that's their problem. That's the biggest. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, I just I just think if the Eagles, as long as they, because they'll be able to, they might turn some personnel over, but as long as the O line stays intact, you know, they can draft in the secondary. They can get another running back. They're out there in the draft, and they've got two. They've got a high pick, and yeah, then, uh, and uh, then the next to last pick. I was about to say, so, you know, the fact that they have what is it, the tenth pick in the draft? Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I just saw a mock draft that has them taking Bijan Robinson number ten, the running back out of Texas. See, I don't think I think they're going to go corner and. I have a feeling, boy, and I know who I want them to take. I don't know if they're going to do it or not. Joey Porter Jr.? I want Joey Porter Jr. in the Eagles uniform so bad. Is he going to fall that far? I think he, well, a lot of mock drafts, they've got him falling to the middle of the round. Do they really? See, I thought he was top 10. I, I, you know, if I'm a team in need of a quarterback, yeah, if I'm a team in need of a cornerback, he's one of the first ones I'm looking at. Yeah, I I have to look because I know there were a couple other guys that they were, that were in that mock draft that. Had they had going ahead of him, so, but I I would I think Joey Porter. I mean, I watch him play at Penn State. That dude is ready. Oh, the, the, he is going to be a beast. And it's funny because usually kids of former NFL players do very well, like Patrick Sertain Jr. Uh, there's there's another one. There's a just, ton of them. That's yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's another one recently came out. Another uh, defensive back that I can't think of who it is. Who was absolutely fantastic. I think it was the guy with the Broncos. So yeah, I, I I would love absolutely love that. They, yeah, right now I'm seeing Christian Gonzalez looks like is the first cornerback that the NFL the NFL dot com has taken in the mock draft by the Lions. He's a cornerback out of out of uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. But I to me Joey Porter Jr. is is much better. That that kid will be money right away. I'm telling you, if he if you didn't see Penn State play much this year. The last couple of years, holy cow! Yeah, they have good. They have him going. The NFL.com people have him going twenty first to the Chargers. See, 
He he should never last that long. If twenty teams pass on him, they, that kid and and I do not say I'm this not saying lightly. Samuel Junior is the other one, by yeah, the way. I do not say this lightly. That kid's got a Hall of Fame written all over him. He is he. You know, his dad was pretty nasty. Yes, he was. <laughs> and it wasn't. And you know, but and and he played the position well. But I'm telling you, Joey Porter Junior is is a better corner. He is a better corner. Look, just, well, his dad was a linebacker. I mean, linebacker, but his dad Joey plays Joey plays corner better than his dad played linebacker. And, I will, I think. And I will say this: the last thing about this right now, because we'll go on to more stuff. We're gonna go. To, we got to go to break. But looking at this, you could take it with a grain of salt. This mock draft makes no sense because they have the Houston Texans trading with the Bears to move up one spot to number one. They meet. That makes no sense to me. Why would you trade from two to one when you know the Bears aren't going to take a quarterback? Yeah, the Bears could trade with any other team and someone could take the guy you want. But if I'm not getting Bryce Young, I'm getting C.J. Stroud. I'm just as happy. I don't know about that. I mean, that it, it really is going to depend what their scouting team thinks. If if they because I think if if they feel like Stroud's the guy, they they shouldn't do it. But if they feel like they want Bryce Young and they're not sold on Stroud, you got to do it. Because right now I see four quarterbacks going in the first round. It's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. That yeah, sounds about right. I like Richardson. I know he's a, a little lot wrong, of people are, are getting very high on Anthony Richardson. I when I watched Florida Florida State this year, I said that kid's got, that kid's gonna have it. All right, we got to so. take a break. But when we come back, we're not done talking about quarterbacks because here in Las Vegas, it'll be an interesting situation with their quarterback. Why what he's doing is kind of I, – I'm trying to think of the right words to put it. Derek Carr is being a tool, but he's doing it – he's being brilliant at the same time. This is Sports X Radio, Fish Tank Edition. Believe in the process on a Monday. We'll be right back. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone, and she's always gone too long. Anytime she goes oh, away. I love this song, but it was a few years ago. Wonder this song was used for a video game, wasn't it? For a commercial for a video game. I can't think of the game. I don't know. But that's what I think of is just that video game. But that's a, that's a brilliant song anyway. Yeah. It's a sad day. The world didn't get to enjoy a Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl victory. No, they didn't. They didn't. That's and it's because it's a beautiful thing. And unfortunately, we have to watch the Chiefs uh, once again celebrate. Yeah, I don't know about unfortunate, but I mean, for me, yeah, I'm sad. For me too. I'm a Bills fan. I don't want to yeah. see the Chiefs celebrate. Yeah, well, I don't have anything personally against the Eagles because they haven't knocked off my Bills in any way, shape, or form yet. By the way, I received a text message. Yes. And all I'm going to say about this text message. Said message from some goofy redheaded nitwit. And it said, I backed this guy's team all year and told everybody how good they were. Now he's saying that his Detroit Lions are going to beat my Eagles in the NFC Conference Championship. Oh, good Lord. Chris Wynn, just calm down. Dude. But I do want to talk about one Derek Carr. Okay who had a meeting with the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. then decided to tell the Raiders, I'm not, because he, I believe he has a no-trade clause, I'm not going to accept a trade anywhere. 
which to me sounds like he has a deal with the Saints saying, I will force the Raiders to release me. Then you can sign me and you don't have to give up any compensation to get me. That would be interesting. Play the game, man. Yeah. I I mean, it it bothers me at at the same time. It's the smart move for Derek Carr. Well, they they treat him like garbage. I mean, can you, you know, to to say, you know what, go have a seat, buddy, you know, like they did. And, you know, after all, I mean, he has been a stalwart for that organization. Granted. Through all of the nonsense and garbage that's gone on there. And you take the the face of the franchise and just who's, by all accounts, a pretty good dude and just throw him on the heap. And and for what? What are you throwing Derek Carr on the heap for? So my question to you becomes, week one of next the NFL season, who is under center for the Raiders? <laughs> who knows? And Aaron Rodgers sort of kind of wants to go there, but he doesn't have the control over that. So I don't... I don't Jimmy, know. Would Jimmy Garoppolo be the guy in uh, Las Vegas? Oh, my God. Everybody would freak out. Everybody treats Jimmy like he's garbage, too. Uh, you know, I mean, that's good. That's, that's good. I'm about to say, Jimmy doesn't put up great stats, but what Jimmy does is win. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't even give you an answer to that question. I really couldn't. Because there are several teams, obviously, in desperate need of a quarterback. The entire NFC South is in need of a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. There isn't a single quarterback in the NFC South that you could feel comfortable with. No. With not Tom really. Brady now retired. So I don't even know who's in Tampa. They they can't think Desmond Ritter is going to be the answer in Atlanta. They have no answer in Carolina right now. And New Orleans has nobody. Because they're obviously not thrilled with Jameis Winston. I yeah, it's well, it's a luxury of being a quarterback in the NFL and being one of the thirty two best people. At your position. job in the world. Absolutely. You know? Which is why I think you'll see guys like Will Levis get drafted early because I think that you're going to have the NFC South so desperate for quarterbacks. Yeah, he'll he'll go early. I, I don't know if he should. I, 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 I agree. I, I, I never thought of him as a top five pick, and every mock I've seen has him somewhere in the top five. I, you know, I was really impressed with all the teams last year because you know I said Kenny Pickett was the best quarterback, and... He went mid-round, and like everybody else after that was kind of, eh. Not a franchise, you know, like, you know, could they be solid? Could somebody develop? Sure, but there was no surefire number one pick there or anything like that, to say the least, and the GMs knew it. So they didn't know, they didn't draft people too high and did the right thing. This year, I think there's some desperation. It, it it really is. There's some serious desperation for some of these teams that they know they've got to get somebody in there. It's going to be another lost season. So, and so obviously, as soon as one Super Bowl comes out, the odds for the for next year's Super Bowl come out as well. According to this is CBS Sports line, the Chiefs are the favorites at plus five fifty. Wow, there's some recency bias. Yeah, the Forty ers are second at plus six hundred. What? The well, Buff- Trey's there. They have a shot. The Buffalo Bills are third at plus 650. Then the Eagles at plus 800. The Bengals plus 900. And then it goes down to the Cowboys, Chargers, and Jaguars. Wow. And then the Lions. Wait, wait a minute. Whoa. 
Slow down a sec. Could you repeat those last three teams again? You just said Cowboys, Cowboys, Chargers, and Jaguars. Jaguars. Yeah. Are one of the top ten teams in the NFL. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The Jaguars are number eight. You've got. Number nine, they have the Lions. And number ten, they have the Dolphins. I could see why the Lions would be up there. because the Dolphins' odds are tied with the Packers and the Jets and the Rams and the Giants and the Ravens. I... mm -hmm. That's that's very interesting that the the Eagles are fourth. Run down, I would say run down, take some money because you got the Eagles and the Bengals right there at plus eight and plus nine hundred. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Get your ten dollar tickets out on that. And the funny thing is, is the difference between the Chiefs and the Bengals plus five fifty to plus nine hundred is plus uh, three fifty, right? Right. The difference between the Bengals and the Cowboys, where the the Cowboys are the next team down. Is seven hundred because the Cowboys are plus sixteen hundred. Nobody believes in Dak. No one believes and, in anybody. And Basically, what they're saying is that the, the Super Bowl winner will either be the Chiefs, Niners, Bills, Eagles, or Bengals. That's about it. Yeah, I I would. Yeah, I would pretty much agree with that. I mean, I mean the Bills ba- got to be in there too. That's, but yeah, the Bills are the Bills are the third. Yeah, but I, and that was our discussion. Well, I mean, just just you know, not ten minutes ago, we basically were saying that yeah, that's where we were this year, and it's where we'll be next year. But but you never know. I'm about to say that's a sad statement about the sport that everyone it, it, that is by far America's favorite sport, and rightfully so. I've I railed against it for years because I'm a huge baseball guy, but rightfully football is has its spot at number one. But. Surely you should want a little more variance than the same five teams that really had the only chance this year of being the same five teams that have the best chance next year. Well, number one, those five teams are built very well, and they're built for the future, too. And so I don't mind. You know, it's funny. Everybody wants to pass it around. But then what gets the most ratings? What do people get a kick out of seeing? They love greatness. You know, everybody outside of, you know, there's a lot of people didn't like Tom Brady. But you love watching Tom Brady. You love watching Michael Jordan. Well, that's because they're, so they're polarizing figures because you either love them or you hate them. It's like the Cowboys or like the Lakers or like Notre Dame or like the Yankees. You either love them or you hate them. But the the, the feeling is, is definite and huge versus a team that you're really ambivalent about. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about it. I, I, I think I would rather see a, a solid top group of teams – you know, and there's going to be some teams fighting for it. Jacksonville being there, and I think if the Jets make the right move, they're going to be hanging around in the AFC too. The Chargers will be there. I was say the Chargers are um, another one. You're right. I think the AFC is far more interesting than the NFC. Is. And, don't, and of course, Miami, you know, just can't quite figure them out. But I'm sure they're. You would think they're going to get better. You know, like I said, the NFC just is is very is, boring. Is, it really is, is not good. Is not going to be good next year. It's, I mean, the top is excellent. The Niners and the Eagles are excellent, excellent teams. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's just like, yeah. I, yeah, but I, 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 I just ripped the Lions. But I, I do like them next year. I, they could end up being the best team in the division. And you think Jared Goff is the right guy to lead them? Well, he sure looked like it. They're fine. They're fine. Why, why mess with it? Wasn't you know the, the defense was the problem last year? It wasn't the offense so? How much are you going to miss football now that it's over? My life goes on, man. I mean, obviously, it does. everyone's life goes on. But, you know, everyone seems so, like I said, 
football is so at the at the head of everybody, it's so in 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 the forefront of, of American culture. Now that it's over, and you know, it, it's the next big thing. Obviously, will be the draft, the free agency. I think free agency hits before the draft, but you, so you'll have the the wild little free agency period, which I can never figure out how teams get under the cap. I mean, the Bills right now are like $7 million over the cap. There's some teams that are like $16 million over the cap. I'm like, this is ridiculous. How uh, Isn't the idea of a salary cap to not allow to be $16 million over said cap? Well, usually, but you always find a way. Drop this guy, pick up that guy. You know, they, 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 they're professionals. You know, it's it's like the, the, the lawyer in uh, draft day. You know, if uh, if at the end of the start of the season, you know, their number is at X, she's happy. So, yeah, they'll get there. Find a way. Fair enough. You know, there's 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 always there's always places to cut. So So now that we have passed the Super Bowl, the next major sporting event, not including the Daytona five hundred, and I apologize to all our NASCAR fans out there, will be the final four. Or at least, <laughs> at least the NCAA tournament. You mean the final thirty-two that nobody has any idea who's yeah, going to yeah. get there? So when we come back, we're going to take a look at the brand new top twenty-five, which has somebody new at the very top for the first time in two decades. This is SportsX Radio on a Monday, Fish Tank Edition. Believe in the process. We'll be right back. Because for the first time in 20 years, the Alabama Crimson Tide are number one in the polls. And you know what that means? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> that, that was not dedicated to the University of Alabama. Oh. I was being fair to our Chiefs fans oh, out there. That's what I said. That was for I, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yay! We, we went misery and we went joy and adulation. So, Understood. So there you go. I, I'm, I'm fair. You are. But Alabama is not the new number one after Purdue last week stayed number one after losing on Sunday in a tight game to Indiana. Yesterday, a game not so tight against Northwestern, beating Purdue, knocks Purdue down to number three in the polls. With Houston remaining number two and Alabama your new number one. Undefeated in the SEC. There's, I think there's only like four or five teams that have yeah, they're, uh, unbeaten records. I think it's like five. In conference? Yeah. Uh, their, their last loss was, I think, January 28th to Oklahoma. Yeah, they're playing good basketball. That is, you know, that is a team. In, you know when you see a good, a really good regular season matchup that you just look at it and say, those two teams will be there at the end. And that was that Alabama-Houston game at the start of the year. Absolutely. But, you know, ideally the top four teams should be your four number one seats. And I look at the top four teams, and they don't sound like number one seeds to me. Alabama does. Houston does. I'm not completely sold on Purdue. And I'm a huge fan of this team, but I don't see UCLA as a number one seed. And they're number four in the country right now. It's going to be a very interesting decision for the committee. Like I said, I've said this the past few weeks. I I would not want to be sitting in that room 
trying to figure out who the four seed is. No. I mean, it's impo- It's not impossible. I mean, a perfect but, example is, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the number six seed, the number six team in the country in the new poll, Texas, just lost tonight to unranked Texas Tech. Wow. The Big 12 is so nasty. That conference is just brutal. Baylor had a big oh. win over West Virginia, but Texas could not beat Texas Tech. That conference is ridiculously deep. It's one of the better ones I've seen death-wise in a while. I mean, top to bottom. But I'm, I'm looking at it, the Big Ten also. Purdue is a good team. There, there's no question. But the rest of the Big Ten, how good is it? I mean, Ohio State, this is one of the worst Ohio State teams I think I've ever seen. Yeah, the Big Ten is usually it's going to be very interesting to see what happens at tournament time because you look at these teams that are absolutely torching each other. I mean, they are lighting their resumes on fire. It's like, oh, you know, you're feeling good right now. Nope. Oh, no, I got you. Oh, no, no, I got you got me. And it, man, this, there's, well, is, I won't say what I was thinking. Is it fair to say that the Big Ten is to basketball what the SEC is to football? Uh, I don't know about that. By reputation, at least. Well, but you, you used to be able to say that about the ECC, too, and the Big East. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, don't know. I don't North, know North Carolina, that. again, another loss today to Miami. Yeah, they're in trouble. <laughs> they better they better cut that out, or they might find themselves on the outside looking in. I mean, Duke, look what happened to Duke this weekend. They just got hosed. Absolutely hosed. And that... That puts them down to like seventeen and ten, I think, or something yeah, like that. They, so they're they're not a shoe in anymore. Well, they're they're going to make it more than likely. I mean, they're, I, they're, I I still think they have they have to win a game in the ACC tournament. I'm sure they probably will. Yeah, they're they're going to, but that may have cost them like a four. I mean, a big win over Virginia that probably cost them like a four seed. I mean, that that's going to get them in the six, seven, eight line somewhere in there. I mean, I'm well, not, can you imagine Duke is an eight? That Duke young Duke team is an eight seed in a bad mood. Have fun. You know, that 8-9 game will be a lot of fun. Yeah. But I'm looking at the Pac-12. There's only two teams in the Pac-12 in the top 25. No, the Pac-12 is not good. UCLA at 4 and Arizona at 8. That's it. No, that conference is, you know, sorry to everybody out here. No, I can't argue with that. The SEC right now is better in basketball. Uh, Yeah, if you look down, I mean, Utah's, Utah's okay. They might. Cause somebody a little bit of problem, but then you. But Utah, but, USC, and Oregon got, are very much the same. Yeah, they're not. They're they're going to be they're going to be lucky to get if they get four. I think I because well, Arizona got, and UCLA are in. Yeah, but you, other than but that, then you got Utah, USC, Arizona State that are kind of fighting there. Everybody else, there's no way. Right. No. Yeah. Stanford, Cal, not a chance. Colorado, Washington, Washington State. Yeah, they're yeah, not, dead. Yeah, there none of those are in. They're dead. The SEC is intriguing in terms of. The um, just you start running down through some of those teams. Now, Bama, AM should be in. Tennessee should be in. I would think Missouri's in. Auburn, Auburn and Kentucky are actually in, and Arkansas are all kind of I lean in, but yeah, but kind of bubbly. Yeah, I mean, you, you get, know, and Florida, it, basically from Florida on down, there's no shot. Florida, Georgia, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, and LSU, no shot. Yeah, and, and Florida's got talent. I mean, I they just so inconsistent this year. I, I don't know what's going on there. But, but, if, but if, if you're going to have – yeah, see, it's funny because in the conference, Vanderbilt and Arkansas are tied, but Vandy's 13-12 and 12, or Arkansas 17-8. and eight. Yeah, and – 
Vandy's a weird team too. I don't know. You're gonna the one thing that you're gonna benefit from here is the bubble is really weak. There, there's no, there's very, very few, few mid majors no. that you are going to be looking at and saying, yeah, that that team should be in if they don't win their conference. Okay, and, and you know, going back to your Big Ten, Purdue is in. Is Northwestern a tournament team? Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Indiana, they're a tournament. Yeah, team. they're in. Illinois should be. Yeah, Michigan State. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I think when you start going down here, Iowa, Rutgers, then if you have them, yeah, then I mean, you have Rutgers to have Ma- is in Michigan. I, I then think, you have to have Maryland in as well at seventeen and eight, right? I think you've, you're probably going to get seven to eight at this point. That's eight maybe, teams maybe, right there. I mean, you know, Michigan gets on a run too. They're yeah, they're dangerous. Fort- Wisconsin's the bubbly, the super super bubbly team. I don't think they're going to make it. Uh, 14 and 11 for Michigan, 14 and 10 for Wisconsin. Unfortunately, I think Penn State's in that same boat at 14 and 11. Yeah, they need to run this. They kind of need to run this out. They they have a pretty what should be a fairly easy schedule to finish, and they're just not getting it done, which right. is a shame because that's a great group of seniors that play hard. But and then you know we'll look at the ACC. Pitt right now leading everybody in the ACC, which is just blows my mind. Well, Virginia's tied with them. They're both 11. And yeah, I, I got you. Okay. You're right. And then Miami's in. Clemson's in, even though they just got just boat raced by North Carolina. Don't, the you know what? Hold hold the phone on that. If they get on a bad run at the end, I they are shaky. NC, Go, NC State is in. They already have 20 I, wins. I think NC State's a tournament team, yeah. Wake Forest, 17-9. and nine. Yeah. If, yeah. If, and, if, yeah. And if you're in with them, you got to be in with Duke. Yeah, but Duke's got some quality wins, though. Their schedule's a lot better than everybody else's. What about, I think Duke's safe. What about Syracuse? No. They're, them in North Carolina, very no, bubbly. They're, they, yeah, they're both in trouble. I, th- I think, oh, it, boy, it's, you know, you, you know, this is the point where you really need to start getting your big board out and seeing how many teams from each conference, and then you start comparing some resumes and there, figuring it out. But Ironically, in the Big 12, there are only 10 teams. And seven of them, I think, are guaranteed to get into the tournament. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That, the, the Big 12 is phenomenal. Texas, Baylor, Kansas, K-State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, TCU are all, I think, in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think you could make an argument if West Virginia gets on a run, they could get in, too. Yeah, they, if they could. And now Texas Tech just steps up and gets a huge win, but they're 13-12, and 12, so they they would need... I don't know how many games they have left, but they, they probably need to just about run out and make a deep run in the tournament. And in the Big East, you're still looking at one, two, three, four, five, five teams at least, Seton Hall being bubbly at six. Uh I'm not I'm not a hundred on UConn yet. Nineteen I, wins on the season? Schedule's not the best though. No, that's schedule's not the best. This is this is gonna this bubble situation for those last eight to ten teams is going to come down to who did you play out of conference and who did you beat. And not only that, it and, also matters if you have upsets in conference tournaments. Yeah, if a team like West Virginia gets on a magical run and wins the ACC or wins the Big Twelve, and, and it wins the Big Twelve tournament, that's going to knock some bubble teams out. Yeah, a twenty. I mean, twenty wins is not going to be a lock. It's not. No, and then you look at you look at conferences like the Mountain West, and you're like, okay, San Diego State's in. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not overly impressed with Nevada, but I guess at twenty and six, you got to put them in. Their schedule isn't that good. Boise State. They are iffy. I I remember they got a decent win out of conference. I'd have to look, but I think Boise was the second team. But uh, Nevada just not uh, not a real strong schedule. No, it it is just. You're right. I'm looking at these, and and they're just really bad. I mean, like you, 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 we talked about this last couple of weeks. Oral Roberts. A great record. Yeah, fourteen and zero in the Summit League, twenty three and four overall. But anytime they've they've stepped up in competition, they've gotten boat race. Right, and the Summit's bad. NDSU's in third now, and they are four or five or six games under five hundred. Even the West Coast Conference, which usually gets three, maybe four, and they're only going to get two in St. Mary's and Gonzaga. I disagree with that. I Loyola may have a shot. Now they've got wins on Gonzaga and St. Mary's. They're playing some good basketball, and those, and and, and in and in a year where teams are only getting the, these bubble teams are maybe only getting one or two big wins. That I don't know if it'll be enough, no, but if they no. get to the final, the problem is if you're putting Loyola in, then you have to put Santa Clara in. No, I don't know. Santa Clara's got a better record than they do, and they're be- and they're higher up in the standings in the West Coast. But Conference. but that's not what the committee's going to look at. The committee's going to look at your overall the overall picture, and Loyola has got wins over. Uh, you know they snapped the Gonzaga streak, and now they just beat the St. Mary's team that I didn't think was going to lose a conference game the rest of the way. You know they got one more with Gonzaga, but they're they're pretty good. They are. Right now, you're right. There's one in Oral Roberts, two in Alabama. I'm looking for how many teams are actually undefeated in conference. So far, I've only seen two. I think two. it's Colgate. Uh, oh, gosh. Who all was it? I'm, I'm, I'll, go to, I'll go down to the bottom. I, I, but I, but I, I'm looking at it right now. So far, I've, I've found two. Eastern Washington is three. Yeah, Eastern three. Washington. Colgate is not undefeated in conference. Oh, did they lose one? They must be. If they're in the, they're in the Patriot, right? Yeah, uh, yes. there are three teams, and that's it, undefeated in conference. And one yeah. of them is Eastern Washington. Yeah, it's Eastern Alabama, Oral Roberts. And that's it. Yeah, I thought there was. Yeah, they must, there must have been a, one I lost over the weekend. And I was just yeah. I was just going to look at yeah, I was going to look at Patriot League real quick just to make yeah, sure they, they did. Yeah, and that never happens. This is well. It's hard to go. I mean, it's ridiculously hard to go undefeated in your conference. No, I know, but so. it, it just this never happens. As far as yeah, they lost actually to American two uh, a couple of weeks, a couple like last week. This week they beat Lehigh and Bucknell, but lost to American. But usually, again, you can get a sense of the teams that have the best shot. And I, I have I, no sense at all. The seeding is going to be really interesting for this tournament. That's all I'm going to say. It is. All right. When we come back, it's time to hit the NBA hardwood. Take a look at the Richard Badge and Philly Toyota out of town scoreboard. We'll talk about who made themselves better and who didn't do nearly enough on the trade deadline. This is Sports X Radio Fish Tank Edition. Believe in the process. I'm Andrew the Fish Fane. That's producer Mark. And these are commercials.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Welcome back, everybody, to our number two of Sports X Radio on a Monday, a fish tank edition. Believe in the process. I am your host, Andrew the Fish Fane, with me as always, the voice of reason. Although that voice of reason is a little sadder today. I'm okay. I said you I said a little sadder. I didn't say it was tragic. Slight melancholy. Slight Is that like a Never mind. I was going to make a, a dog joke about a oh. collie and a cantaloupe, but never mind. Yeah, slight melancholy. <laughs> slightly melancholy. Guy looks into a bar with a cantaloupe and a what? And what else? I have no idea. Anyway, and a, and a, and that a, is producer and a Mark. Puppy? Yeah, or something. Sounds good. We are broadcasting live, of course, as always, from the PSBRLaw.com studios. Over 3.5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last decade for their clients. Success rate. Success rate of 99 percent. And we all know that one percent. Let's see who 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 was the tie this time. Uh, let's let's call it a tie with uh, Kyrie Irving's agent. There we go. Uh, success rate ninety nine percent. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice. That is Panis J. Boyle and Ravaboot. You can reach him at seven zero two eight three zero nine three five three seven zero two eight three zero nine three five three. On to the NBA where. The trade deadline has come and gone, and Woo-hoo. teams have completely remade themselves. Some pretty good stuff going on out there. I am still not sure who got the best end of that New Jersey Nets-Phoenix Suns deal. Oh, I don't think there's any questions that, that the Suns did. They did, but how healthy is Kevin Durant, and how long is he going to be that healthy? And they have absolutely zero depth now. Yeah, but they they got the piece they needed. I, 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 yes, they hurt their depth a little bit, but you needed that one more big gun in there. You, there, there was just a piece missing. So when you have one piece missing, you're willing to give up two tiny pieces to get the one that's going to carry no, it. No, understood. So, and, you know, Kyrie Irving, obviously the first shot fired in the trade salvos, and then all hell broke loose. <laughs> sort of, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was as crazy as everybody 
thinks it was. It but wasn't there was some cra- interesting moves. Yeah, it wasn't crazy as much because of the amount of moves as it was some of the names being moved. The, the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> God. I mean, this team can't decide oh. who the hell they are. That brings me so much joy. I'm sure it does. Oh. And then there were four in the East. Even though I think the Knicks, you know, picking up hard, I, I think the Knicks have gotten themselves, they're not a conference title contender, but they are now pesky team that nobody wants to play. Right. And, and you know, it's funny because the Lakers obviously made their move last week, and I just think it's too little too late. That, yeah, but I don't think the Lakers got a whole lot out of that. You get you get Russell who just doesn't who doesn't play defense, you know, and it's an expiring contract, so you got to re-sign him. They got bigger that yeah, helped. Jared Vanderbilt helps that the side. The, the one of the big issues that they had was they were having to play a lot of small lineups. So yeah. now, so now they can get Darvin Ham out of doing that, you know, putting out the and, little fleas on the court. And, and Malik Beasley is supposed to be a good volume three shooter, and we'll see. They're, they're I mean. They made themselves better. They're just not good enough. Just not, not a lot though. I, I, I don't think that they really significantly helped themselves. No, but I don't. And, think- and I'll tell you what, they don't. They better get, get D'Angelo signed, quick, because if you know, I mean, if that, that's what they feel they want to do. See, I'm not sure because the question becomes, I'm not sure what their cap situation is. I know that obviously they're spending a lot of money on Anthony Davis and a lot of money on LeBron, but because if they don't get Anthony signed. Anthony, or Anthony, if they don't get Russell signed, D'Angelo Russell, then they have as much cap space as they probably would have had by letting Westbrook's contract expire. Right, so it was a wash. And that that was the thing about this deal is that, you know, what were you going to get for Westbrook? And, you know, and plus you gave up for one of the first-round picks, too. So you, you were it, almost better off. Like I said, you were almost better off just keeping him and riding it out and yeah but i th- i think I they're they're happier with the addition of uh, of vanderbilt and i i don't know what mo bamba's going to bring if anything it was it was a fill in the bench deal i just i don't know i mean it's not a, it, the point being not helping the lakers at all tonight as they were one point dogs going into this game against portland and they're down uh, oh they've cut it to 18 now down 121 or 3 of course dame lillard having quite the night uh, as of this point, Lillard has 40 points. I guess he's on the bench now. 34 minutes, he's 40-point night for Dame Lillard. No LeBron playing tonight, obviously. Uh, we didn't talk about LeBron breaking the all-time scoring record either. That was an interesting evening. Yes. I'm not. Congrats. Yeah. Okay, you played more with him. That was obviously you know, an incredible player, but you know, longevity didn't hurt. No, obviously. But did people say that about Kareem, too? Because uh, he had, I mean, I'm not suggesting that that it, it's only because of longevity for Kareem, but he played quite a long time. I think people respected Kareem more. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I uh, thought it was weird, for example, that Anthony Davis was sitting down and didn't seem to care. The, 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 that was kind of, the line, that was telling to me. Yeah, the, well, the company line about that is that, and rightfully so to a certain extent, that he was pissed off they were losing to a team like the Thunder that they should be beating and that is ahead of him in the standings. They, I, you know, actually, I've, I mean, I, I've never had an all-time leading scorer, but I had two players when I coached that one hit um, one hit 1,000 assists and one hit 1,000 kills in their senior seasons. And, you know, you you did your thing, 
and you but the thing was is that you make it quick because there's still a match going on there's still a yeah. game going on and it just seemed like you've got all these hundreds of people on the court and you know going through all this ceremony you know it's like okay here it is great you know do something quick but there's still a game going on and i and honestly i if if i were coaching the team i mean i understand you're breaking the all-time scoring record but then do something big at the end of the game. I agree. Now, if you remember when I don't know if you remember back when Kareem did it, because I think it was 1984 when Kareem did it. I was probably. I mean, I saw it, but but they did the same sort of thing, and then there was a a long, and it's just like, and I agree with you 100. It's like don't do it during the game. It's just it's just you not can, the place for it. You can do a little bit, but but you don't have confetti falling on the floor. No, it just there were just too many people out there and. You know, and, and LeBron I, and hasn't played since that game, and I and I think that it made, you know, it kind of summed up a little bit you know, the the negativity, some of the negativity around LeBron, because you know, I because I was sitting there watching it, and I have no dog in the fight. But I'm like, man, this is this is taking forever. I mean, don't you guys, you guys have a game to play, and and I think a lot of people were thinking that. That it was just oh this was all about me this is all about LeBron and that doesn't that doesn't feed into the or you know it feeds into that narrative yeah that it doesn't feed he's into a the very team. me right. kind of guy it does so, not feed into the team narrative at all so I don't know I it was you know congratulations to LeBron um, I don't know anybody I I haven't looked to see who's anywhere close to him right now but nobody nobody's gonna i mean i don't want to say nobody's ever gonna touch it because nobody thought everyone was gonna touch kareem and sure enough someone did yeah but way to go the question i have is phoenix is nine games back of denver how high can they climb oh well let's see they have right now they're two games back of sacramento because sacramento's in third can't believe sacramento is the number three who i right like now. they're they look good i finally got to watch them play a little bit that's oh, a fun team. It really is. The Grizzlies, they're four games in back of the Grizzlies, who are the the two, and Denver's running away with it right now because Denver has a five-game lead over Memphis. Um, How is Phoenix, is Phoenix a two-seed? Are they good enough to be the number two? Do they have enough time? I think it's like 25 Memphis? games. Yeah, 25 games. Yeah, yeah they got, they've got plenty of time to catch Memphis. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think they're, they're not catching Denver, but could they get to the two-seed? Absolutely. Of course – they could also have a bad injury and end up out of the playoffs the way things are going over there. So. Yeah, I mean, but like a, a loss tonight by the Lakers is just brutal. I, the fact that LeBron isn't playing is ridiculous to me. Well, there you go. They yeah, are, they, the they, loss tonight will, will bring them 14 games behind Denver. They'll be 14 games back. They will still be, they'll be four games back of the seven seed. Yeah, you don't need to be talking about Denver. I think you need to be talking about Utah right now and trying to catch. At least get into the play-in, for God's sake. Oh, I, wasn't talking, I wasn't talking about Denver. I was talking about New Orleans, who were the te- who were ten games out. Of it. So the, the Lakers will be four games back of New Orleans, who were the seven seed. Yeah, they're they're in trouble. Yeah, because they have too many. They have both Portland well, they, well, and they've Oklahoma. been in trouble. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I know. But, Does Brooklyn have a chance of falling out out of the playoffs here? Out. Uh, the Bulls uh, are seven I, games behind them. I don't think they're going to be as bad as you would think. They're not going to be good, but they'll they'll be okay. I think they'll hang on. Obviously, the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers are are good. Who is the most dangerous team in the East other than those three? Is it Cleveland? Oh, it's definitely Cleveland. 
Great young core, playing hard. Yeah, I like that team. And is Sacramento the most dangerous team in the West other than the, the obvious Nuggets? I mean, the Warriors don't look good at all right now. Uh, I, think Steph da- hurt. I think Dallas got pretty dangerous, and I think New Orleans is very dangerous once they get healthy again. Cause so, the, the, but the new the new news on Zion is that he's going to miss another few weeks. Still, he's not even close to ready. He reaggravated it. Well, th- but the thing is, is that as long as the they can hang in there, do you want to play them healthy? Mm, I don't. I don't want to. I do not want a piece of New Orleans. That is a team that can beat. To me, can beat just about anybody in the conference. So, I, I, yeah. I mean, it sucks, but you know they're. They're still very talented. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you have to be. Looking at the out-of-town scoreboard, the Richard Badge and Pillington out-of-town scoreboard, Timberwolves actually beat the Mavericks today, 124-121. Whee! I have no idea how the hell that happened. That that <laughs> That's one of those things that shouldn't happen. Yeah, but they're not, it's not like this is a bad team or anything. No, uh, Lakers did end up losing by 12, 127 to 115 in Portland. Just a, another crushing loss for the Lakers. The Lakers keep getting crushing losses. They can't afford these. After a great game two days ago against Golden State, when they, and, and they got the win there, to lose this game against Portland is just brutal. Now, the team, to, the team that I'm really curious to see where they're going to end up is Golden State now with Curry out again. Yeah. they. I don't want to say they're in trouble. They're a 500 but, team but right now. They're not. Mm, they're, I don't know what's going on there. They're not clicking. No, they're certainly not. Uh, the Pelicans end up speaking to New Orleans, beat, beating the Thunder 103 100. The Thunder are a team that I thought were dangerous. And I don't know what the Thunder want to do. I don't know if the Thunder think that they're a team that, that should be a playoff team or a team that should be playing and hoping to get in the lottery. No, they just play hard. Look, you know, when it comes down to it, all these guys are professionals and you don't. You don't go into a, a season and say, oh, man, you know, I look around and everybody says we're not going to be good. So, yeah, we won't be good. You go out there to win games. Yeah, and and they that is that is one of the hardest playing teams in the NBA and, and a, about a say, ton of credit yeah. because they looked like they were going to stink on ice. The Thunder are to the west what this next team is to the east, and that's the Orlando Magic. Mm, yeah, but Orlando's not really in the mix. Oklahoma State's in the, or Oklahoma City's in the mix. Yeah, uh, Magic. By the way, got a win over the Bulls today, one hundred to ninety-one. Uh, Magic were one and a half point dogs in that game and, and come away the win. Uh, Knicks and Nets. Knicks were two and a half point favorites. They would get the win and the cover, one twenty-four, one hundred six over the Nets. Spencer Dinwiddie, who I think is very funny, is back with the Nets now. Jalen Brunson putting forty for the Knicks, but twenty-eight from Dinwiddie. Uh, Nuggets and Heat. Nuggets are one and a half point favorites. They win by four, one twelve, one hundred eight. Jokic, another ho-hum, 27-12-8. Must be nice to be Nikola Jokic. He's all right. He's, he's a decent player. <laughs> Back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, he's all right. Uh, Rockets and Sixers. Sixers get the big win here, 123-104. Not a big surprise there. Harden, 28-10. And Jazz and Pacers. The Jazz were one-and-a-half-point dogs this game. Actually get the win over the Pacers, 123-117. I th- this Pacers team is a team that I, I really want to be able to get behind. They're just not good there yet. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Spurs and Cavs. Cavs were fifteen point favorites. Get an eight point win in this one. A one seventeen one hundred nine. Donovan Mitchell pouring in forty one for the Cavs. And finally the Hawks and Hornets. Oh, sorry. There's two more games. Hawks and Hornets. The Hawks were six and a half point favorites. They lose by six to the Hornets. 
One, you can't give up. What one. happened to defense in this league? I know you cannot give up 144 points to the Hornets. Not a single quarter under 30 points for the Hornets. 36, 38, 35, and 35. I, we are seeing way too many 125, 130 plus scores this year. It's it's insane. Speaking of which, Warriors and Wizards. Still two minutes to go in the game. 130 to 118. The Warriors are winning this one. Yeah, well, Wizards are not good either. So. Although Porzingis, 34 and 6. Well, that's one guy. Yeah. Oh, I know. But the Wizards are one of those teams that just don't ever seem to be good. I don't know what it is. They just, they, they seem to get some pretty decent players, but they can, they just cannot put it together. No. And just can't. No, I, it, it's bizarre because they, you, you look at the roster, you go, Bradley Beal, he's good. Porzingis, he's good. You know what the problem is? What? They changed the name. You liked him better as the Bullets? Absolutely. It's what I grew up with them as. That that great rivalry between the... And I'm going to really date myself on this one, but a, that rivalry between the Bullets and the Sonics? Man. Those, that was 79, right? Yeah. That was the final. The, the, the Sonics won. Yeah, Jack Sikba, Lenny Wilkins coached. Those teams, those couple of years were pretty fantastic. You know, before the uh, you know the, the Lakers sell like Sixers yes. triumvirate. Yeah, and then, yeah, I guess it was just Lakers, really, Lakers, Celtics, Sixers. That was really Pretty it. much it. Yeah, the Rockets were pretty the Rockets decent in there. in there, yeah, a couple they of times. They had that weird season in 81. Yeah. That they got through. But. Wasn't Moses Malone on that team in 81? Yeah. That's why. Yeah, they were, They were. I think they were the, they were, they were it was, it was, I can't remember if it was six teams or eight teams that got in that back then, but it, they were the lowest seed and they managed to get through. It was it was Moses Malone. Yeah, Moses Malone was on that team. <laughs> and then and then Philadelphia said, "Well, we're tired. We're tired of losing to the Celtics, so let's get one of the best teams in NBA history together." Yeah, mo- fo- a, fo- fo. Yep. Moses Malone. Oh, it's an awesome team. All right, it's time to take a break. But when we come back with football season over, basketball season just kind of dragging on. Baseball season's around the corner. And this year, we have the World Baseball Classic to look forward to. And there is an interesting team out there that, if you want to make some money, may not be a bad team to put some money on. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is SportsX Radio, Fish Tank Edition. Believe in the process. We'll be right back. defy you to find a better album than U2's Joshua Tree. Oh, that's not that hard. This is one of the greatest albums of all time. It's one of the better ones. Yeah. It's, I will say it is top ten albums of all time. Wow. I'd have to pull a list, but I don't know about that. Oh, so brilliant. It's good. Oh, come on. Anyway, I can't even speak. I'm just so tongue-tied by hearing Bono's voice. Anyway, welcome back, everyone, to Sports X Radio, Fish Tank Edition. Believe in the process. I'm Andrew the Fish Vane. That, of course, is producer Mark right here live on KDWN 101.5 FM. By the way, part of the reason I played you too is, I don't know if you caught it during the Super Bowl. I think a lot of people did. That you too is going to be doing a residency at what in probably 10 years will be one of the most fun movie props in cinematic history. The Spear. Oh really? Yep, they're doing a, they're doing a residency at the Spear. 
Now, what denotes a residency versus just playing a concert? Well, you play a, a series of nights. Yeah, so I mean, you but, stay for a couple of weeks. And, okay, it's a couple because, like, usually, I, when I think of a residency, I think okay, they're there six months to a year, and you two ain't staying here for that long. But man, I that is an architectural masterpiece. That thing, you know, I drive by it all the time because I do Uber, and I've been watching that thing get built and built and built. I think the price tag's up to about two billion dollars now. <laughs> I picked up a couple of the construction guys there. What an amazing place that's going to be. There's supposed to be screens all over the inside of it. It is going to be an unbelievable venue for anything that goes in there. And it's just it's how just a fascinating building. How big is it? How big is that thing? Oh. I mean, like, I don't mean, like, the exact size, like, seats and things like that. Uh, that I don't know, but I'm sure. I I, I'm, I think it's in the twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 range. Oh, it's got to be an amazing place to see a concert. The acoustics have to be fantastic. But But you know it's going to happen in a movie. Some monster is going to grab that thing. Yep, and they're gonna, they're going to go bowling for casinos down the strip, or somebody's <laughs> going to throw it, or you know, some someone will be playing pinball with you know the Venetian and and the Mirage is you know the balls the rolling flippers, down yeah. there. Yeah, it's going to be that. You watch. I want everybody out there to listen and remember that Mark Hoke said that that thing will be treated as a ball or. You know, some it, sort of projectile in a movie and when at it, some point. I was saying, when it happens, we have to give you the credit for being the first to call it. Now, there may be some future movie director or producer out there who's listening to you going, you know, that's not a bad idea. I get <laughs> I get credits on that, like my mall, Paul, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Actually, I'm not, I'm not in the credits, but I was in the movie. You were in Paul Blart Mall Cop 2? I was. As what? Go in about, I think it's around 10, around the 10 to 12 minute mark, somewhere in there. I, well, they, they had a mall cop convention. And, it, and it's a, and, and, and it, I ain't telling long stories, so I keep this go, as go, short go, as I can. Go ahead, I want to hear so, the story now. So I was, when I was doing my poker show, I had Kenna James on. Great poker player, life coach. No, not Kevin, Kenna. Oh. And, but, well, you said Paul Blart, so Kevin James well, was Paul Blart. Yeah. Well, so Kenna's. Ken is doing the show, and he said, Mark, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, well, I, I mean, working. You want to be in a movie? I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> well, well, Ken's wife does a lot of extras casting here in town. So I got put in as a mall cop going to this convention. Because the second movie, they went to a convention. And I got to be in the coolest scene, too, because it was – the one where you know they kind of opened everything up and then everybody got to the convention and all the friends got back together. So all the stars in the movie were doing this one scene. So I'm behind Kevin James and Lonnie Love and uh, Legazamo and all those guys. It was awesome. But I and I I lucked out because the table that because there were a bunch of tables that was at the pool with the wind and they I managed to get at the table that was right behind where these guys were. So I, mean, I got to talk to him and everything. Lonnie Love is the most awesome woman. I, Lonnie, I I would marry you. You're, you're <laughs> amazing. But there's a scene. But you can see me very clearly. There's one part where they they have the camera on Lonnie, and I'm right behind her. Do you get a line in the movie at all? No, no. But it's the funniest thing because I'd never been an extra before, and it was kind of funny. It's like poker players when they run around and say, "Oh, I won this turn. I did that." And, I just, and you, some of these extras when you're in the meetings are like, "Yeah, I did the." That movie where you saw that person walk across in this, yeah, that was me. 
<laughs> it reminds me there's a there's a key and peel uh, sketch about that when they're all trying to be zombies <laughs> but but the funny part was that we all had to be t- act like we were talking but we weren't saying anything peas and carrots peas and carrots peas and carrots peas and carrots so i'm sitting there and after take after take i decide you know what we're gonna have some fun with this so i'm mouthing i mean i had like two women at another guy at the table and I'm mouthing some of the stupidest, dirtiest things I could possibly think of to get everybody at the table to laugh. And I busted them up so many times. <laughs> but they couldn't. But none of us could say anything either. So that was part of the fun of it. That's awesome. But yeah, so I you, had no it, idea that you were in Paul Blart so, to Mall yeah, So if you, you want to, you know, go check it out. Like I said, I think it's around. I, I have the picture on my phone. I think it's around the 10 to 12 minute mark ish somewhere in there. But you'll see me. You'll well, see me wearing I'll, a blue I'll, shirt. I'll have to take a look at it. I had no desire to see the movie until now. So well, there no, you most go. people did. It was a terrible. Movie. Yeah, well, that, that's <laughs> but, what happened, unfortunately. But, but yeah, I was I was a mall cop. But anyway, back to what we were going to discuss with football season over, pitchers and catchers start to report this week. Thank goodness. But more importantly, the World Baseball Classic makes its return. Are you sure that's more important? Absolutely, it's gonna it, be fun. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be here two years ago, but because of the pandemic, it got called off and pushed back to this year. The U.S. is the defending champ for the first time. This is only the fifth World Baseball Classic. It's Japan, Japan, Dominican Republic, and the U.S. have been the four winners so far. But for the first time, the Great Britain has as a team that's qualified. Israel has qualified, but they qualified last time as well. Was there, was there actually a qualifying round for this? Yeah. Teams have to qualify to get in, yeah. Uh, I thought you just had to have some decent players. No, Ian Kinsler is like the manager, former Ranger great for Israel. Jock Peterson's on the Israeli team. But I'm just saying, they they didn't have a tournament to get in. Yeah, absolutely they did. Just like the World Cup. All right. They all have to qualify. The U.S. didn't have to qualify, obviously, because they won it all last year. The favorites this year, the Dominican Republic. And they are plus 200 to win it all. Their, their lineup's loaded. Yeah, oh, is it ever? The U.S. is this is the great, best U.S. team that I've ever seen too. They're at a plus two twenty five. And if you look at the the, the guys on the U.S., it's not just guys you haven't heard of. Mike Trout's playing. Yeah, everybody. Sh- a lot of guys showed up. Yeah, for this J.T. Real Muto, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw. I mean, lots of guys on this squad. But. What I wanted to get to is one of the longer shots, and they're not a huge long shot because the, the top two, the top two are Dominican at two plus two hundred, U.S. at plus two twenty five, Japan at plus three hundred. But the next team on the list, Puerto Rico, good team, plus nine hundred. Hmm, it seems a, it seems a little high. They are not a bad choice to put some some little ducats down on. No, I mean, you know, Baez, Lindor, Diaz closing them out. No Carlos Correa. That's kind of a shame for him. Yeah. But uh, but a, Marcus Stroman went from – he was the MVP for the USA, or he was on the team last year. Anyway, yes. Or last time around, 17. And now he's playing for Puerto Rico. And Do, does he know something the, the, we don't know? Yeah. The <laughs> the U.S. is, is, is in an interesting pool, too, because there's four pools. It's, it's just like the World Cup. It's, it's pool play. It's the U.S., Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain. <laughs> Yawn. The other pool is in because it's it's being played in four locations. The first rounds are in four locations. There's Pool A, which is playing in Taiwan. It's Chinese Taipei, the Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. By the way, the manager of Italy, Mike Piazza. How did the Dutch get sent over there? I have no idea. How did pool? Italy? Get, That's a little rough. Uh, yeah, 
The uh, Pool B is in Tokyo. That's Japan, Korea, Australia, China, and the Czech Republic. <laughs> One of these things doesn't belong. Yeah. Pool C is being played here, playing in the United States here in Phoenix. United States, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain. And in Pool D, this is the Pool of Death. That's what the D stands for. It's in Miami. Puerto Rico, Venezuela, the Dominican Republic, Israel, and Nicaragua. <laughs> well, I wish Israel and Nicaragua all the best. Yeah, no kidding. But boy, is that going to be a loud, raucous atmosphere. Yikes. That That's going to be some... The baseball is going to be good, but the, the crowd and just what's going to be going on there should be off the chain. Oh, that's going to be fun. Completely. But like I said, just listening to some of the names of guys that, like you said, are playing. And you, and you said, I don't know exactly, and I can't remember what exactly the rules are as to how you have to, what you have to do to qualify to be on a certain team. Because, like, there are guys who are on the Italian team that, you're like, well, wait a minute, you're not Italian. But I think it's like if your grandfather is Italian. Yeah, there was some citizenry or past citizenry. Past because citizens. because if you if you didn't, you'd probably have eight teams. Yeah, no, that, that's, because the, you know how many how many professional baseball players are actually from Italy or actually from Israel, right? No. Like I said, Jock Peterson's playing for the Israeli team, which I think which I think is kind of cool, and I'd like to see Israel do well. They're not going to, no. but you'd like to see him do well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Las Vegas, let me see if I can get the odds. Uh, Israel, where, is it? where do they have it? Oh, actually, not that bad. They have the Israel, same as the Netherlands, plus 5,000. That's a, that's a tough break for Venezuela being in that pool. They're, they're, they're because a, they're, they're a very good team. Yeah, they're they only look, a plus, on paper, they're they're a plus 1,400. Team, so. And that's because of the, the group they're in more than anything else. Yeah. It's not because of the talent. If they were in any one of the other pools, they're probably a runner-up. No, I, I yeah, and I'm tell- a lot of them anyway. I'm telling you, Puerto Rico is a good team to lay your money on because that is a good team with a shot there. Once again, they're in that death pool, but two teams come out of each pool, so they have a good shot. Yeah, I, I, I would say U.S. Puerto Rico probably, but Japan's going to be Japan's going to be Dominican Republic too. are the best team, in, uh, right, looking like the best team. They look good too. Uh, yeah, it's this will be fun. It'll be. A, do you, be some, are you a fan of the World Baseball Classic or no? I think once it gets down to the nitty gritty of it, but you know the, the the difficult part about it is is that you know it's at the start of the baseball season. A lot of guys are taken out of spring training, and there's there's good and bad to be said about that. You're away from your team, which is bad, which is really bad. Yeah. But you're also getting some reps against some of the best players in the world. So there's 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 a good side to it too. Right. I've always, I've always loved it but you know and I agree with you the problem is when else can you have it? Right. You, you can't do it in the fall. No. You can't do it in the winter. Right. So you have Well, I mean you could but then you you're very limited to where you could play it. You play it in Australia cuz the winter down there is the summer here. Yeah, you'd have to shift a lot of it to either You'd be looking at playing in maybe Florida, Arizona. I mean, you could. You could. That's what they're doing anyway. Now, for for years, there was they had the semifinals in San Diego and the finals in L.A. Now, I believe the semifinals and the finals are all in Miami, which is where you know the Marlins play anyway. But it's a dome stadium. Well, and the I mean, the other rough part about playing it out of season is well, it's out of season, and these guys just got done playing 162 games plus spring training. If someone went to the playoffs, 
you know, then you're going to lose players because they were in the playoffs. So there's there's really no other place yeah, to put it. I mean, if you want to, you know, throw ten bucks down on Great Britain, no, they're, they're plus twenty. Just give me the ten bucks. They're plus twenty thousand. Well, that's that's a value. <laughs> is that a really a value bet? No, but I still think at plus nine hundred, Puerto Rico is not a bad bet at all. Korea could be a scary team. Absolutely, and they're at plus fourteen hundred. And same with Cuba. First time yeah, ever, Cuba. Cuba has has major league players on their roster as well. Yeah, I, I actually had an encounter with the Cuban national team once. That was, was fun. This while you were filming Paul Blart too? No. Oh, okay. No, this is back in college. <laughs> I, I was at a uh, Twins Orioles Twins game, and uh, Team USA was playing Team Cuba after the game was over. So I went all the way down to the front row and. Uh, you know, back then my Spanish was a little bit better. I and must the, be in the front row. And you know, I said the one player's name or number in Spanish, and he came over and started talking to me, and I was like, "Oh man, this is awesome!" But but it was more of a big deal back then seeing the Cuban team play. Yeah, because you did. because that was eight, that was ninety. Yeah, because I think it was nineteen ninety. They didn't allow the Cuban team to play because they were afraid the players would defect. Right. They that was just when they first started traveling. So I kind of knew this was a pretty cool opportunity to get to see them play that game. So that was kind of neat. But how, I guess the question is, and I, and, and I don't know if you'll be able to answer this because you're not a big leaguer. How detrimental is it for these guys to miss time with their teams? Well, like I said, I think, I think, so, you know, if, if you're a rookie or something like that, that's bad. But a lot of times, if you've been on the team for 10 years and you've been with a manager for a few, you kind of know the system, you know what's going on. So, you're, like I said, you're getting some reps against terrific players, which can't hurt. You know, I mean, what what are you going to get more out of playing against if you're a, on Team USA? What are you going to get more of playing against you know the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and Cuba and and Japan, or you know playing on a split split squad game where you're going up to Tidewater to hang out and play for a couple of innings? And I mean, you know, so there's like I said, it's you you you're getting you have a chance to do more things to get in shape and I'm but I'm sure that the coaches have probably integrated a lot of that stuff. Uh, First of all, the, I would think I, I was mean, shocked to find out who the manager of Team USA was. I forgot who that was. Mark DeRosa. There you go. He's a good dude. He's great. He does a great job on MLB Network. I just never thought of him as a managerial type. Oh, well, good for him. But and before you think that it's ridiculous to be betting on a team like whether it be Great Britain or Israel, and it maybe is, but consider this. In 2006, Team USA had Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey Jr., Chipper Jones, Alex Rodriguez, and Roger Clemens all on the roster. They didn't even make the semifinals. That's Jeter and Rodriguez's fault. It's obviously Derek Jeter and Alex obviously. Rodriguez's fault. But. The point being, <laughs> they didn't even make the semifinals, and they yeah. lost to both Canada and Mexico. Mexico, no excuse for that Canada loss, but the Mexico, Mexico's got some good players on that team. They play some decent baseball down there. Yeah, they're, baseball. They're plus thirty five hundred. Yeah. So, and they actually have Julio Urias as one of their starters well, this year, which right. could make him dangerous. The point being that you know, if if you got a few guys that could do some damage. It may be worth it to throw it on a long shot, like a Venezuela at plus fourteen hundred. Because you're right, you know Venezuela it, it, would be a decent one to play, I guess. Because you're right, at, at plus twenty thousand, 
Nicaragua and Great Britain, not good choices. Might as well bet on me. Right. But if you're looking at teams like Puerto Rico, like Venezuela, like Mexico, those are long shots. You know, 10 bucks to win 350 if Mexico wins it all. Yeah, I'm just, I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm just gearing up for what should be a really fun baseball season. So I am very much looking forward to this baseball season. Nah, you shouldn't. You're a Dodgers fan. Why shouldn't I look forward to it? Because it's going to be another year of some heartbreaking defeat. It's going to be another year of, of regular season greatness and postseason ridiculousness. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yes. <laughs> Although there was a story that came out recently that saying it was an anonymous player saying that the Dodgers were cheating in 2018. Oh, really? But they had no proof of it. There was no proof given, mm. nothing, just that someone saying it. And yeah, it was like, that's... that was the year the Red Sox got busted cheating. Mm. Who knows? Look, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm sure that everybody has a little system somewhere. I mean, not not flagrant, but you don't think that everybody's got ways to try and steal signs and have people set up in the stadiums? Come on. Oh, I 100% agree. So... You know, that's that's why, I mean, the, the Astros doing what they did was just a little more flagrant than what everybody else does. But would, would I be shocked? No. And, you know, as a Dodger fan, that 2017 World Series, we didn't lose because of the, of, of the sign stealing. No. Because they still won one or two games in Dodger Stadium. I think it was two. They won two games at Dodger Stadium, and they weren't doing the cheating at Dodger Stadium. No, you got to. I just think everybody's got to get over that. I completely agree, hundred percent. I'm just, I'm just telling everybody right now the uh, get down to your local betting parlor because I the last line that I saw for the Orioles was win line was seventy nine. Oh dear God, they're not get that. It won't be. It'll be closer than last year, obviously, but. They're they're going over five hundred. There were some very weird win totals, and how was it? Well, we got it. I, I got them right here. Actually, we have the over under for every team, and we got a little bit of time. We do have to get a break though. When we when we hit the break, and then we'll all right. We'll hit the break because usually our last segment is our betting segment anyway. So we'll do that, then we'll see if we can win you some money for tomorrow's games as well. This is SportsX Radio Fish Tank Edition. Believe in the process. We'll be right back. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots. Ruined your black tie fair. Last one to know. Last one to show. I was the last one you thought you'd see there. And I saw the surprise. And the fear in his eyes. When I took his glass of champagne. I toasted you, said honey, Chris Gaines. Oh, sorry, sorry, not Chris Gaines. Garth Brooks. My bad. My bad. One and same. Chris Gaines. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks, who uh, couple for a couple of years was at the Padres spring training, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. I forgot about that. I thought that's why you were playing it. No, I just played it because I'm in a bitter mode right now. Because you have friends in low places? Well, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. <laughs> that too. I forgot all about that. Yeah. 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 You're married. You can't forget about that. Sure I can. Me, I'd like to just, you know, 
Gouge, gouge my eyeballs out with a, an acid-covered spoon. That should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to look at some MLB win totals for the coming up season. Uh, right now they have two teams, the Astros and Dodgers, uh, 96 and a half. Well, I'd probably go over on both of them. I would think so. Well, the Astros will be close. And, you know, know, now that you think about it, the division's better this year. They they may be in a fight to get to 96. I would probably – I'd still lean over, but it's not a clear 100-win season. What's frightening is the Dodgers could lose 14 games more next year than they lost last year and still be over the 96.5. Yeah, I think the Dodgers are – are good. Uh, Mets, Braves, and Yankees all at ninety-five and a half. Mm, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think I'm, I'm looking at under two, if not all three of them. I'm not uh, saying I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they're I, all they're they're all ninety win teams, but I don't know about ninety five. I think or the, ni- they have to be ninety six. Actually, I think the Yankees with their pitching rotation are going to be able to take advantage of. Tampa being down this year and Boston being horrendous, and the, you know the the East teams they're, they're still really good. I, and really a lot of the teams in the National League didn't improve enough. So I you know I could I could see overs on all of those. Padres at ninety three and a half. Ooh, that seems light. Blue Jays ninety two and a half. Close. Um. Hmm. Don't touch it. Now we get into some of the more interesting ones. All right, let's do it. Cardinals, 89 and a half. Phillies, 88 and a half. Only eight. Wow. Mariners, 88 and a half. Oh, boy. Out of those three, the, who's going to run, run, run them by me again real fast? Cardinals are 89 and a half. Yeah. I like the under in that one, actually. Phillies, 88 and a half. Mariners, 88 and a half. I like both of those over. Hmm. I don't know. I think the Mariners. Uh, those are really good lines. <laughs> I'll just say that. Guardians at 87 and a half. That seems light. That one seems light. How about the Brewers at 85 and a half and the White Sox at 84 and a half? Those both seem a little heavy to me. I think they're both under on that one. Um, Yeah, well, with the Brewers, you got to be careful because the division's not good. No, but remember, so. you're only playing 12, not 18 in that division. Yeah, but still, ah. But there's some bad teams in the National League, too, so. I think I think Brewers you might be okay getting a, getting to eighty six eighty seven. The Twins and the Rangers both at eighty two and a half. Mm. Um, I like. I the would twins. go. I'd go. Actually, I'd go under on the Twins and over on the Rangers. I was thinking the other way around, yeah. but I, I could see why you would do that too because the Rangers that pitching staff could be good if they're healthy. If they're healthy, so those are the only teams they feel are going to be above five hundred. <laughs> the angels. Oh, they're making me mad. The angels and the giants are both eighty and a half. Uh, giants under angels. Uh, see the problem they they've got they've got a few tough teams in that division. That's going to be. I think the angels could be. I think the angels are an eighty three, eighty four win team. Maybe uh, I don't know if I'd touch them. That one's that one's really tough. The Red Sox and the Cubs both seventy seven and a half. Seventy seven and a half. I think Cubs. I think Cubs over. Red Sox. Oh boy. Mm. Now, nah, yeah, there's still a seventy ish win team. The Orioles they have at seventy six and a half. That lines at seventy six. My God. Oh, um, look. 
everybody out there, this is not me being a homer because I wouldn't do that. You, get, you know I'm fair, Fish. You are. You are nothing if I'm, not fair. I'm fair. Go and bet your bank account. Whoever's got that 77, they, that is a terrible line. That is a line from you, uh, oh my bet God. MGM. Okay, bet MGM, clean them out, everybody. And and when they and when they uh, you know are cashing all those tickets at the end of the year, just go walk up and say Mark Hoke because Mark the, Hoke, the, Mark Hoke. I will tell you this: the, the one the team right after them is another one that I love the over on. That's the Diamondbacks at seventy five and a half. Yeah, that's that's a possibility for them to go over. I I, I could see that. And then they have the I'm not going to do all of them. The, the Oakland A's fifty nine and a half. Oh, they have them as the worst they put them under sixty. Wow. That's hard to bet on a team of below 60 wins. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, but they are terrible. <laughs> they I mean, are they indeed. Are bad. And the and the AL's pretty good. You know what? Go take it. Take the under. <laughs> take the under. That's a pretty ballsy move. <laughs> take the under. That that is a that that reeks of a 55 win team. Uh, you know what? I sadly, I think you may be right. Because they're not going to make any moves to get better. No. All they're, they're going to do is they they may trade a bunch of more guys, bunch more guys away. Some guy gets starts hitting two sixty, and he's out of there. You know, you're spot on. We have three NBA games tomorrow that I have lines for. The first one's a huge tilt between the Celtics and Bucks in Milwaukee. Ooh, wow, Bucks are four point favorites. Jeez, do you really want? I wouldn't bet that game. Who knows? That's gonna be a. It's gonna be. That's one you just sit back and watch. Magic at the Raptors in Toronto. Six and a half points. The Raptors are given six and a half to the Magic. Magic just played tonight. Mm, that's a rough trip. Yeah, take Toronto. The game that I think the other game is just going to be so much fun to watch. The Kings at the Suns. Sun, Suns are three-point favorites. Hmm. That, that, <sighs> I think you have to take the Suns in that game. As much as I like the Kings... The Suns are even without Kevin Durant. The Suns are feeling it now. I don't know. I might. I might take a little little baby bet on on the on the sack guys. Uh, on the college, there's three two games I don't have lines for yet. Warriors, Clippers, Wizards, Blazers. Uh, on the college hardwood, interestingly, Notre Dame at Duke. Duke are twelve point favorites. Oh, they're going to be so mad after the, they might they might beat Notre Dame by forty. Illinois at Penn State. Oh. Illinois are three and a half point favorites. Oh boy, that's if you'd have said that to me three weeks ago, I'd have been like Penn jump State, on Penn State. I agree, but but they're struggling a little bit, and they're, they're mm, I still say stay on Penn State. How about NC State at Syracuse as a pick'em? NC State, even as a pick'em. Yep. Creighton at Providence. Creighton are two point favorites. I like Creighton. They're playing some ball right now. They look good. Nebraska at Rutgers. Rutgers minus 12 and a half. Oh, yeah, Nebraska's playing a little better. I, I think they keep it within 10. I, I, I'd I take Nebraska and go with it. Michigan at Wisconsin. Oh, that is a huge the, the game. Badgers the are minus one and a half. That is a huge game. Um, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say take Michigan. And finally, Kansas at Oklahoma State. The Jayhawks are one and a half point favorites in Still was. Yeah, I'm still going to stay with Kansas. Good game, though. Yeah. And that's going to pretty much wrap up yet another Monday edition of Sports X Radio right here on KDWN 101.5 FM. KT should be back in the studio tomorrow. Is that correct?
Yeah, he'll be here. Okay, because last week I think it was Chris Wynn. KT, back in the studio tomorrow. I am Andrew the Fish Fane. That, of course, is Mark Oak, our producer. Producer Mark, if you will. Don't forget to catch his shows, our show, every Sunday, sorry, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., The Mark Oak Show, the best in wrestling all over the multiverse. Have a great night, everybody. We love you, Bernard, and we'll see you next week. And I got to keep going. You got to do stretch, not it's, you got to stretch, not do I don't want to stretch. Now the music's coming. Yeah, there you go. But you got to say, you go. when you do it, you go stretch, not this. This means hurry up to me. This means stretch. Well, sorry, stretch. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>